Welcome to episode 781 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 781 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How are you going, mate? Pretty hot and sweaty, Bevan. Been on the trainer and then come up here. Oh, did you watch the Olympics on the trainer? I watched part of the on the trainer. Mm-hmm. We've just finished the, when we were recording, just finished the women's, uh, women's race. So, nice sunny day out there. John, John has no sympathy. This is what I've learned because I go, I go, oh, what about the poor girl who had the flat tyre? And I said, it would have been pretty interesting. And John goes, nah, she wouldn't have won it. She wouldn't have won it. And I said, well, what's that about? She goes, shouldn't have got a flat tyre. Shouldn't have got a flat tyre. <laughs> should have been better prepared. <laughs> she should have had no more flats on her, on her bike. Exactly. <laughs> I took us proudly brought to you by. Our awesome patrons. You go first, Jumbo. We've got Jens the Champ Dalman. We've got Andrew the Predator Hunt. And Robert Boom Boom Beelan. Okay, this week's show, we've got lots of news because it's all about the Olympics. We've got Hot Topic of the Week. Uh, we've got an age group of the week and we've also got an interview. We have. So I talked earlier today to Sam Laidlaw, who is a young fellow you're going to hear from, who is an up-and-coming pro, won a race, got second at Ironman UK and has got uh, some pretty lofty goals. So hear from the young fella. I like an ambitious young man. Wing of the week, questions and answers. So let's get straight into it, guys. The Olympics have happened. We've had two interesting races over the last two days. Uh, let's go men's first. Uh, starting off with the COVID impact. Yeah, so we had, um, they only mentioned this once and then I saw saw it elsewhere, that Yelly Greens, who was second in Yokohama earlier in this year, one of the fastest runners in the oh, sport. So he, he could have done really well. Oh, definitely would have been up there. Uh, he was uh, out with COVID. So, and that's, a, that sucks, really, really sucks for him. Yep. Can't do the race. But B, it also impacts their mixed team relay because they had a, they've got a good relay team, the Belgians. They've got oh, a guy who course. got uh, fourth, Martin Van Riel, and they've got two pretty decent um, females as well. So they would have been um, probably not a favourite, but certainly in the mix for, for a medal. So unfortunate for him. You've, you've, before we even talk about the race, you've got. I'm glad the Norwegians had a liner in their tri suits. Yeah, they uh, were pretty see through. The black was like the black undies, weren't they? Yeah, and I'm just looking at a picture of Christian Blumenfeld. You know, he's complete see through top, and uh, you can see his heart rate strap, which isn't on straight. So I don't even know if that was recording properly. I didn't see any footage of the female today. Um, clear footage. So I've got a female Lottie Miller, I think it is, but it looked like she had a white tri tri suit on as well. So they were pretty see through. Okay. So let's, let's, you know, I know you've got the results from the races running up to a comparison splits, but talk about the race. So obviously, this, I didn't actually know about some stuff because I, I was teaching a class at the gym, so I missed it. Mm. And then I heard it was a bit of a stuff up at some stuff, but I didn't watch it till this morning. That was a right cock up. Oh my God, I've never seen anything like it. So there's three people to blame, I kind of figured. Race starter? Well, you, firstly, you've got the officials that stand behind all the athletes. Yep. So for, for, for some of you guys, I know won't have watched it all, but like Bevan, but they were, at an ITU race, they were holding up a flag. When the flag's held up, that means we're good to go. So okay. when the athletes are coming coming out and walking onto the pontoon and they're not quite ready, then you keep your flags down. Yep. When we're good to go, you put your flag up. When you see a big boat, and, and, and boat if, if something happens, then you put your flag back down. Okay. And so... Whoever the official was, I feel really sorry for them, but they had one job to do. Uh, and it's a pretty big boat. It's a big boat. It wasn't a rowboat. It's right in front of you, and the flag must have been up, and it was just bizarre, because I saw them. So they said, take your mates, go. I thought, oh, didn't see that coming. And then I looked, and I saw that boat. 
surely they, how did they get around that boat? Yeah. And then they clearly hadn't. So there's the, the, the official there, there's the starter um, who clearly wasn't watching either, and then thirdly, the person in the boat, what the hell were they doing there in the first place? When, what, there's going to be some reviews around this. It there? was starting on time. It's one of those things, it is never going to happen again. Well, uh, totally. But also you feel really, well, luckily nobody got hurt. Because yes. unfortunately, the boat person panicked and rode, you know, drove away, which you kind of make sense what they did, but someone could have been under the boat. Yeah. You know, like it could have been a disaster. Yeah. So that was uh, Okay, so let's talk through the race. So swim, any surprises out of the swim? Well, no, not really. Uh, you kind of, you haven't got those gun swimmers in the men's field at the moment. And if you contrast that to the women's yeah. race today, yeah. it wasn't very strung out. So you're kind of thinking, maybe... Maybe something's going to happen here, but you need, in past races we've had some, or past Olympics, we've had some real gun swimmers which strung it out, and then you're going to get the breakaway that sticks. So the breakaway, yes, it was a breakaway on the bike, but you kind of felt that it was going to come together because you had those weapons in the in the second and third groups. Yep. So the race, I guess, from a swim bike point of view, kind of panned out it's as pretty you, boring as you thing, expect. Yeah, yes and no. I don't actually. I know lots of people said the bike was boring, but I watched every bloody second of it. I watched uh, it as, as soon as I got home. So I think I got home. The second pack was just behind and it was kind of catching. It was when I kind of came into the game. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty boring. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> again, I didn't find it boring. I was like, right, well, because we had that little bit of apprehension, we had to wait till Hayden Wild actually made it up to yeah, the front. Yeah, admittedly, that's when I was a bit worried. But once, once that front boot, they closed the gap, I was like, okay, well, he's in the game. Mm. Yeah. And you just need it. I don't know. If you're in that front group, you just need to go 100% commitment gun. This is our, yeah, this is our, our chance. chance. Yeah. Um, and maybe they didn't go 100%. They needed Brownlee on the front. You know, Alison mm. Brownlee, but if he was there, mm. that's going crazy, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. But at, again, at previous Olympics, maybe you haven't had those guys that were fully committed in the second and third groups. So pretty sure in Rio they stayed away, and that's because they were committed on the front. And the other groups maybe weren't quite as committed. So kind of panned so out. You, as, what were you thinking as they're coming off the bike? Um, well, I thought it was playing into Alex Yee's hand because especially when the pace came right off, yep. uh, then I was just thinking, right, he's going to freshen up. And to his credit, the few times that I did see the second and third groups, Alex Yee was Doing contributing the to the pace. He wasn't shirking. Um, so I was kind of thinking this is just playing into his hands and hoping that Hayden Wilde was going to go good. So... It was kind of what you wanted, how it was going to be a bit of a battle of attrition going yep. into the run, and you just and it panned out exactly as you almost hoped. One dropping off, yeah. another one dropping off, another one dropping off, and you, you could almost feel the sense of relief when there was just three of them left. You but were how just about Bloomingfield? Oh. Because you were watching, you're like, you kind of, you saw Yee and Wild just look great. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? With, you know, like you just look, they're like great runners. They both look comfortable. You're thinking it's them two, and then if who will get third. And Bloomfield was falling behind. Mm -hmm. And then when the, someone else fell back a little bit more, and he fought so hard, and you thought, well, good on him, mate. He was going to get a bronze today. Because <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you're a betting man at that moment, now I don't know much about the sport. I don't know mm -hmm. if that Harry always runs. Um, but that guy, you know, the thing to me was he definitely wanted it the most. I know everybody's going to say that. Oh, come on, and look at his it, effort. Yeah, I know. I, and I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. His, his, his move of a K to go. Mm, he did the exact same thing uh, in the Yokohama race. And I totally get what you're saying. But 
athletes wear, wear their faces in a slightly different way. But when you see him at the finish and he collapses and the other guys, oh, and they his were buggered. was all over the place. Yeah, that, that's how he runs. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, that, that's how he runs. So if people are following lots of ITU, you're seeing him getting dropped and a little bit here and there, you're going, no great surprise. So yep. he is the Lionel Sanders of, okay. of ITU stuff. So... No great surprises, and I get what you're saying when he looked like he went the deepest, and I agree that he did look like he went the yeah. deepest. Um, you can't really coach that sort of stuff, I don't no, think. No, no, that's what I mean. Like, uh, to me, I just thought, like, and I know this kind of racing is not like, you know, um, Noakes talks about the central governor. You know, he, he talks about the guy who wants it will win the most, the guys mm. who want to hurt the most. And to me, in that moment, when those three were there, because I, I was the thinking... The other two are better runners. Yeah, and I was thinking Hayden, I was thinking, you know, yeah, hopefully, I don't know what Hayden's sprint's like. Mm. So I was, I was thinking, hopefully Hayden's got a great sprint, because to me, it's between you and, and Bloomingfield's just making the numbers. And then when he made that move, mm. and he put the foot down, mm. and he just, he, he was going, I'm just... I'm taking a risk and I'm going to go for it. And mm. he just fought, mate. I was just, like, I was, I would have loved Hayden Wild to win a gold and I would love to get a silver. But I was like, mate, the guy who wanted it the most won it. And I think the best, probably you could probably argue the best triathlete won it because he pulled that second group um, up and he's been one of the form athletes yep. for the last couple of years. I think it was Lasan, which was the last time we had, and we've had two, we kind of had a world champs last year. Yeah. Um, but when we had the last proper sort of world champs, he won that. Yeah. Uh, and so he's been one of the form athletes from the last couple of years. And it was kind of, I mean, as I said last week, going into this race, maybe 15 guys could have medaled. Mm -hmm. um, but when you look at those three, you'd probably say they're the three best runners in the sport at the moment. And Hayden Wilde and Alex G are the two best pure runners. So it was a, a somewhat predictable podium, but it was still bloody exciting to watch. What does it mean? Like, so for those people overseas, one thing you wouldn't have seen is on New Zealand TV, Hayden Wilde did an interview and it was actually really beautiful because he, he's doing this moment where he's kind of like yelling at someone, yeah, I'm working. And then someone just said, the conversation says, what does it mean? And he just breaks down. Hmm. Like emotionally just loses it. And But it's a real, he lost his father when he was about 14 years ago, something hmm. like that. Um, it, it was just, it just showed how much this means. What? People outside of New Zealand, and we know we've got lots of, lots of listeners in New Zealand, but for you guys outside of New Zealand, won't realise how big a rock star he is now going to be. Yeah. He is front page news yeah, got all an, over the country. He got an interview on our biggest news station. Oh, front, because we've got, it's the first and only medal so far in the games. Yep. Uh, he is just going to be a rock star, even though it wasn't a gold. If he won third, if you got third for Great Britain or America, yeah. you, you get a little side mention somewhere yeah. probably, I'm sure, but he is... Every, everyone knows who Hayden Wild is in country. Anybody who's got any interest in sport yep. will go, right, we've got a triathlete, Hayden Wild. And for our sport in New Zealand, it is monumental. What does it mean for triathlon? Money. <laughs> <laughs> money, money, money. But, but you know, because I heard an interview with Hamish Carter last week, and he's now the high-performance, something on the high-performance team. And he was saying, we look at this Olympics as a building block, and we look at Paris as our opportunity to really try to medal. Um, Hayden's kind of come out of nowhere in the last couple of years, and... And, and the thing about him and Yi, they are young. Mm. You know, they've got their peak years in front of them and the next Olympics are only three years away. Yep, but you questioned about what it means for New Zealand as money. Our sport gets so little funding because we haven't had anybody who can medal and as with most countries, it's sport funding is ta tagged to Results. your chances of getting medals and getting medals and we haven't looked like getting medals for years. So the, the cash injection we're going to get is going to be um, still going to be a fraction like a millifraction of what america and great britain and stuff get 
but it'll make a big difference for talent IDs. So that's the big thing that's going to come out of it. Would like to mention a few other really notable performances. Like if you get in the top ten of the Olympics, it's it's awesome. But I thought Jonathan Brownley was uh, so where did he come awesome. In the end? He got fifth. Okay. So that I th- and he he went for it. He tried to hang in there. Uh, so I thought that was really noteworthy. And also I didn't know the Kevin McDowell story, which was the American fella who apparently had um, some form of cancer and he was down and out a few years ago. Uh, and he. Equally, he went for it a couple of times. He actually went and pushed to the lead. And that's what you want to see at the Olympics is whether you finish 5th or 15th, like if you just give it a nudge and you saw a couple of guys give it a nudge on the bike and a few guys give it a nudge on the run, um, so good on them. The, the athletes that were out of form that, you, you, that have shown huge class before um, stayed out of form. You know, Mario Mola um, was only in 10th, um, Fernando Alaza 12th, Vincent Louis 13th, and they've been three of the big kahunas. Tyler Michelchuk, who won the selection, uh, not the selection, the trial event, he was down in 15th. Jack Berth whistle 16. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, Jack Berth whistle broke his nose in the swim. So the guys that weren't in great form leading in didn't do so well, and the guys that, funnily enough, were in form uh, did really well. So I thought it was a great race, great adversity. Who, who, who were you disappointed in? Um, well, I guess from my picks point of view, in terms of the fantasy, um, the one that dragged me right down was, and he's been a real form athlete this year, was Morgan Pearson. So really disappointed, f- yeah, obviously for him, but also for my picks because he dragged me down. He finished in 42nd and he finished, I think, on the podium at both of the World Series races so far this year. Um, so that would be one. But also, yeah, it was just a bit sad to see the Span- or the, the three Spaniards doing really poorly. Javier Gomez way down in 25th. Um, so, yeah, just feel a bit sorry, especially Mario Mola. How old's he now? He's, let's see, 20, 30, 31. And this was probably his sort of last chance. And he was like Olympics, one of the at least. best athletes for, for quite a few years. So he was probably the, the number one disappointment. Uh, just we are starting to see the first retirements, or at least it seems like um, Gomez has kind of put a post out there on Twitter. So I think Peter Colson said it through to us saying, um, you know, my time at this distance is pretty much up, which is mm-hmm. no surprise, but, you know, we are starting to see, and, he's, you know, who now goes long is an interesting question. Mm. Uh, one other notable performance there was Gustav Eden finished in eighth yeah. place. He ran himself uh, really well up through the field because I think, I think he was... Because uh, he won 70.3, didn't he? He's won 70.3 Worlds. He's won the big Daytona race. Uh, so he's one of the, you know, arguably the best 70.3 athlete in the world. Uh, so you just got, you've pulled up the times comparing the run splits between the last kind of five Olympics. So I was just intrigued to know, and that, that this isn't really going to answer it, is Yee and Wild and Blumenfeld at, the be- at their best now. <clears throat> How would they have compared to Alistair Brownlee at his best? Quite hard to compare, mm. but I thought we'd do it anyway. Um, because in Rio, which you would imagine was probably somewhat similar conditions, the race panned out a little bit differently because... Um, from memory there was a breakaway on the bike and they kind of kept it driving the whole way so they wouldn't have been as fresh coming off the bike Yep. they only ran 30 only ran 31.09 to win ran 31.09 to win Um, Blumenfeld ran a 29.30 but you'd think probably pretty similar conditions London's probably not super comparable Um, they they ran 29.07 why is it not comparable? well because colder conditions cooler conditions Um, and from memory I think everybody came off the bike together so in that sense it is somewhat comparable uh, and then what, all the way back in Beijing when Fredino won it uh, he ran 30.45 so 
guess it doesn't really answer the question. Well, so just, and just, just so you guys know, this year they ran a 20, high 29s. So mm. Bloomingfield ran a 34, 29-34, uh, Yee 44, and then Wild 52. So mm. um, that was a runner's race, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Bloody good race, so. Yeah, it was, it was exciting because, uh, you know, there was a bit tension filled at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, I just... I want you know. Don't get me wrong. If Hayden Wild won that goal, I'd be over the moon. But the way Bloomfield won it, you're like, good on him. Yeah, and and the, the both second and third said hats off to him. He was the best best athlete on the day. So. He was screwed when he finished. Dude, yeah, he? Was, I didn't see him vomit. People said he vomited on the line. I did the wheelchair him out, didn't they? I did see the wheelchair going out. I thought that's gold. <laughs> that's, that's an Olympic <laughs> epic. That is. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then, okay. One thing, commentators. Well, and in, in different parts of the world, you're going to get different commentators. Um, and I feel sorry for them, the commentators, because they get thrown under the bus. They, our commentators that we had, I'm sure they're lovely people. They don't know anything about triathlon, and this isn't being nasty to them, yeah. and it's so easy to criticise. They do a great job. This is a backhanded compliment coming. But um, you suck. <laughs> they, they talked well for two hours. Yeah. And, and I guess the thing with the Olympic coverage is you've got to dumb it down because you're trying to go for yeah. everybody. Yep. General However... Population. You need an expert in there to explain what's going on and who knows what the athletes have done. The other thing I'm finding interesting about the limit is an overall, it's like they're not allowed to be excited. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just, so for me, there's two things. Um, definitely I agree. It was a bit dull um, and, and maybe not as insightful, but, but I do kind of get what you're saying is that it is a mass media, mass audience that they're trying to – um, but then again, you know, like so, the Kiwi guy Mark Watson did the 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 feed. But he's least, part of he's part of the generic sort of team. But he did the um, the men's road race, road race, which was an awesome race. I, mm-hmm. I, I we ended up watching five hours of it, um, and he was brilliant. And whoever he was with, I think it was an Australian girl. Mm. They were amazing. Now they know the sport, mm. but you kind of think maybe if you go to commentators because Mark Watson be able to do triathlon. Yeah, maybe if you go to commentators and say, what sports have you got a higher chance of being good <laughs> yeah. at? You know, like it's, it's, I don't know, it's a bit it, odd. It was different. I know that I think Aussies had their own Aussie commentators and it's probably just because we're a small nation and we didn't get off yeah, our ass and have some commentators. And we, I wouldn't have been able to do a better job than they did at all. But at least I'd know the athletes. And that was what was disappointing. They didn't know the athletes. They didn't know the sport. And then they started making mistakes, like blatant mistakes. I was like, oh, come on. Well, to, the fit that frustrated me is the editing. Um, I just don't understand when you're in the last 2K of the race, 3K of the race, why they're showing some guy in a penalty box. <laughs> I was so frustrated because they showed it for like 20 seconds, this guy in a penalty box. Yeah. Nothing to do with the race, <laughs> no influence on the race. It's when the race, when it's going to happen. And they keep cutting back to these shots which just had nothing to do with the, the winning of the race. And so I don't mind if you're going to do the box in the corner, you know, do yeah. the box in the corner, definitely. But when the race is happening and it's in that key moment of the race, just keep the cameras on the leaders. Mm. Oh, I was, I was going, what easy are you, to, why are we showing a penalty <laughs> box right now? Yeah. It's <sighs> easy to bitch in mind, but I just think they could have done a bit better there. Yeah, but that's an obvious one. Mm. Especially in the, especially that moment, because that's the moment where they come back and then some guy's 10 metres ahead. And you could do it from New Zealand. You could do it from, you don't need to be in Tokyo doing no, it. Um, so. Anyway, other than that, it was great. Okay, so you want to do your fantasy lead or the females race? Oh, hold race? on, females race. Yeah, okay. um, so, so we've just finished I haven't that. got the splits in front of me. I've got the finished places, uh, but yeah, it did only finish about an hour ago. Uh, I think everyone, you take your patriotic, patriotic hat off going, I want my person from Great Britain or America to win. I think this podium is, everyone should be pretty happy. I think so many people wanted Flora Duffy to win because she's from Bermuda. They've never won a gold medal before. 
and she's been when she's not injured she's been just crushing it best athlete in the world by quite some margin uh so i was stoked to see her take the win it was a very it was kind of a predictable race come out of the swim break away on the bike keep it going and then uh is this what you thought would happen I totally thought of him. I thought the makeup might be slightly different. Um, so like Lindemann was in that front group, wasn't necessarily expecting her there. And I thought there'd be a bit more action from behind in terms of chasing down, chasing down from a couple of the real axe bikers. Um, and I know you shouldn't, well, no, no. I feel a bit of a dick questioning a two-time Olympic medalist in Nicholas Spurig, but she just sat on the front of that group and dragged them all along. I was thinking, what are you doing? Yep. You're just pulling everyone along. Why don't you just let one of the other axe bikers on the front, get them a little break, and then just drop the hammer and drop them all. Mm. Uh, I just found that a bit weird, but she's won two Olympic medals and I've won none. So She won a gold, eh? She won a gold and uh, silver. Okay. So um, anyway. Maybe uh, you should try for the next Olympics. Yes, you yeah, should. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Like that Russian bloody gymnast who's like 46, I think. Oh, it was 42 or 46. That was crazy. Hey, um, was there anyone in that pack? Because I, I don't know the, the ITU mm. like you do. Obviously, Flora took it away, but was there anyone else in that pack who you thought, oh, that there's going to be a running race between these two? Well, I thought the Laura Lindemann, um, who's a German lady in that group, I thought she might have done a bit better. But no, it was the, the the other big thing that I think so many people would be stoked of was Katie Zaveris, who there was, uh, she finished third, and she has been up till last year. It, sort of the equal best athlete in the world, just crushing it, and okay. then just fell to pieces and lost her father this year. And so rightly, you can totally understand her form was abysmal on the first two races. Like she struggled to get in the top 20. Oh, really? Uh, and she was very lucky to get selected. So I was stoked to see her um, go out there and get a medal as well. So that was that was awesome. Um, and Georgia Taylor-Brown was, yeah, Bevan thinks she was a bit unlucky with uh, the punch. Well, of course she was Of course she's unlucky. <laughs> Come on. But I think Flora Duffy had it under control. What she won, she won by a minute. Yeah, but she basically seconds. came off in about a minute behind. Mm, wasn't that much. No, it wasn't that much. wasn't that much. So yeah. I think Flora Duffy had it under control, but Georgia Taylor-Brown looked fantastic. And yeah, so I thought it was a... I think you a think the Poms would be disappointed? Because going into this Olympics, we were saying palms. Well, I think they had a few injury challenges. So I think Jess Learmonth um, finished ninth. It was okay. She kind of needed, she probably would have finished maybe fourth had Nicholas Spurig not dragged that whole bloody group along 40 kilometres. So I think she was probably the What was the problem with that? She just did too much work and didn't let the, so she held up the speed of the pack by being at the front of it. Yeah, and just everyone else just sat in behind and, okay. and they still would have had to work. It still would have been hard work. But, but if Nicholas Spurig hadn't been in the race uh, or had broken away solo, that group would have lost two or three minutes probably. Okay. Uh, and so she kept them all in the game and then uh, and they, they ran up and took a few people down. Um, so, yeah, no, no great surprises to see that. And then the other one, Vicky Holland, I said last week, I think she's at the end of her career and yeah. um, didn't expect much from her. So, so in the females race, they got two, two medals. That's still... Yeah, right. totally. It was just that, particularly in the females, mm. you know, last year we were kind of saying, geez, they're going to dominate. Mm. Um Disappointments from the female race? Uh, I was disappointing one of our Kiwis crashed out, uh, so that was... That was bizarre, because she kind of just fell over and she kind of didn't look that bad. And yeah, she didn't get up too quickly. Uh, however, could be a small blessing in disguise. Feel sorry for her. She's a lovely girl. She came and did uh, my Sea to Sky race, and but she is now going to be rested for the mixed relay, where we've got a very, very outside chance of getting a medal, um, but she'll be an integral part of that team, and so if she's a bit more rested... 
may help our chances very slightly if she's not banged up too much from the crash. Okay. So I think that was um, a big disappointment for us. And then, um, yeah, the two athletes have done really, really well at the start of the season. Taylor Nib and Maya Kingma finished in 16th and 11th place respectively. So they'll probably be a little bit disappointed with that. Uh, and who else? Ashley Gentle, I see. I said she didn't finish. I didn't, didn't notice that. A lot of, lot of jeepers. A lot of athletes didn't finish. Hey, um, there's lots of crashes. Cassandra Bogwan. It was a pretty dangerous course. I would have been shitting my pants yeah. the entire way around. Yeah. I, th- I thought there was going to be a lot more crashes <laughs> than there was. So I thought they did extremely well. Just going around the corner like you normally wouldn't know coming off. But yeah, those corners where you had the, 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 the crossings on them, I would have been comp- and where you went over the, the pavers and stuff, would have been absolutely shitting your pants. Hey, so like a Duffy, 31? How much longer in the sport? Well, hopefully she goes long. She will absolutely smoke Yeah, so it. who do you think will go long uh, from this from this block? Probably her. Uh, you'd think Katie, I don't think Katie Zavieris could hang around for the next Olympics. So if she goes long as well, she's good across all three disciplines. Um, and on the boys' side, whether Christian Blumenfeld's got anything else to prove at short course distance, he'll he's going to be trying to go for the sub. He's, that, he's, only, he's not in 30 yet, is he? He looks like he's about yeah, 40. Yeah, no, let me put up his age. Um, he does look older, but age-wise... So I he won a... Yeah, I guess he probably wants to win a World Series title, but yeah, he could be an absolute beast. Absolute beast at iron distance racing. So those Well, he is, he's doing Mecca's sub-7. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. Mm. Mm. And Gustav, yeah, all the Norwegians could go amazingly long um, in long-distance racing. Okay, so Bloomingfield, uh, he is... He's not that old. But he's been 94. Mm. So, what's that about? Twenty-seven. Mm. No, about yeah, about that. Twenty. Yeah, twenty-seven. Yeah, good maths. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's actually he could definitely go to the next Olympics. So he's only going to be thirty. Mm. Did, then, where's the age lost? Well, Duffy proved thirty-one. So it works. Most of them are still pretty young now. Yeah. So I don't know. Seems getting everything seems to get younger and younger. Blumenfeld's a bit of a, well, Blumenfeld and Duffy, I suppose, are slight outliers there. But, you know, you look at the cyclists, they're really young these days. Teddy Pogacar, he's 22. And, and the fellow we're interviewing today, um, Sam Laidlow, says that he's 22 and he thinks, you know, the sport's getting younger all the time and, and you don't necessarily need to go through that 10-year progression to to be good at long course. So, I don't know. You've only got one chance. If you leave your Kona chances too long, what would Blumenfeld rather have? Go for another Olympics, long shot. Go, oh, go. is it a long shot? Yep. Because he's getting older? Yeah, and, and or going to Kona and going, I can go crush that. Well, it's interesting. It's an interesting times. question, isn't it? Because A, the fact that Olympus is only three years away, it's mm-hmm. less of a long shot. Mm-hmm. You know, like if it was four years, then you might go, mm, you're just on that borderline of age. Mm-hmm. Whereas technically we still want to be 30. And, you know, that might still be long in the tooth, but, you know, he'd be able to make that call. Or if he goes long, he's young for a long course. Yeah. yeah. I, I, if I was in his shoes, I'd go long. Which just yep, that's what I'd do. <laughs> that's what John used to do. Yeah, just give him a call. I'm sure he'll be listening to you. Uh, anything else about the female race? Um, no, it looked pretty miserable. Are you just happy thank with God it wasn't cold. Are you happy with the overall triathlon Olympics? Yes, it was good. Yep, no, no complaints. I mean, you can't build hills, it'd have been lovely to have a hill on the bike, but it was a pretty tough bike. That bike would have smoked your legs with all those corners and zigzagging in and out so I still yeah, think they need to move to a super league format I still yep. think Joe Public 
you're not going to sit down and watch that, mm-hmm. you know. And whereas this weekend's race, which, which we haven't even got down here, well, oh, mixed relay is on Saturday New Zealand what time. What time's that? Uh, it is on ten thirty a.m. New Zealand time. So it's pretty late if you're in Europe, but it's good for us. It's an hour, so it's starting an hour later than the individual race. Okay. On to the picks. Just wait, wait. Your, your thoughts on that? Mixed relay. Yeah. Uh, I would be going for probably France and. Great Britain and probably America or New, America or New Zealand, third place. Okay. There you go. Okay, John. So you've done the fantasy. Oh, I haven't done the fantasy. I forgot all about it. So tell me about it. Uh, so on the fantasy league, the PTO had a fantasy league going and you couldn't just pick any Tom, Dick and Harry. You had 300 yen to spend yep. and the top athletes were sort of about 40 or 50. So yep. you get you get three or four of the top athletes, um, but you couldn't just stack your team with the five best athletes Although in the field. Although were Wild and Yee high? Yep, they were. Oh, yep. Okay. So to, to give you an idea, on my team, uh, I had... Hayden Wild, Vincent Louis, Alex Yee, Morgan Pearson, let me down, and Darian Connix, who I thought was going to get a medal for a while. He was right up there. I was getting quite excited. And then on the female side, I had Flora Duffy, Maya Kingma, Nicholas Spurig, Jess Learmonth, and Carolyn Hayes. And I finished 24th on the IM Talk League, which was won by Mark, Fo- Mark Thompson. So awesome work. Probably the highlight for me, though, was I am one place in front of my son <laughs> by 24 points. Joe Skipper got fourth. Joe Skipper, nice work. Uh, we'll talk about him in a moment. Mark Foster took it out on his team. I mean, didn't quite have it all. He had Blumenfeld, Yee, <coughs> Brownlee, Mislachuk, and Justin Nishlag. And then on the female side, he has Jets Lemont, George Taylor-Brown, Maya Kingma, Flora Duffy, and Leonie Periol, who did really well to get fifth. So good on you, Mark Thompson, for taking it out. And I wonder if we look at the overall... Jeez, he was right up there probably in the overall as well. Jonathan Hayson, wherever he's from, he was top person on the PTO. Let's see if he got a clean sweep or not. You couldn't, could you? No, no, he was far from it. He you kind of can't f- that much He got money. first, second, third, fourth in the boys. Jeez, did well there. And then 15th. And then the girls, he got first, second, fifth, a DNF and sixth. Jonathan Brownlee, what happens with his career now? He said he's going long. Oh, he is going to go long. Yep. So we haven't seen him go long, have we? I don't think I've seen him. Oh, we saw him. He must have won once. I think he did one of those PTO races, the Daytona maybe. Yeah, okay. But, yeah. How do you think he's going to go long? Mm, I'm not so sure. Not no, so but sure. Because Alice is a bit broken. Mm. Whereas Jonathan hasn't had the broken period, has he? Uh, he has had a few breaks. Yeah, uh, I'm not so sure. We'll see. I really don't know. Bit yeah, of a this is always an interesting moment because when we first started doing the show... Whenever the Olympics are finished, John will go, the Olympians are coming. Uh, you Come on, you did too. Yeah. You, go back and listen, people. <sighs> and it's proven not necessarily to be true. There's, there's been a couple of rock stars, mm. but majority actually don't do that well. And that's why they've got it, because they leave it too late. If Blumenfeld wants to, if he waits for the next Olympics and then goes. Who makes more money, Blumenfeld or Frodo? Frodo, for sure. Yeah, because he has old name. Miles isn't more. But Blumenfeld would do pretty well. Um... Yeah, they just got to go a bit younger, I think. If you wait till you, so like, what people, like someone like Bevan Doherty waited too long, um, and yes, yeah, so they've got to go go now, go now, Flora Duffy. You've won a Commonwealth Games gold medal, you won an Olympic gold medal, you've been, been a world champion. Let's go smoke it at Kona. Jonathan Brownlee is currently he was born nineteen ninety, so he's a, he is thirty one. Mm. So he has to go long, really, doesn't he? He's his, his short course is over. Um, 
Interesting times. Okay, uh, Lake had, Placid. We had Lake Placid at the weekend. I caught a little bit of the footage. Lisa Norden's been uh, entered in just about every bloody Ironman so far this year, but she finally turned up and did one, which was her first one. And when you win your first one, <laughs> good helps. on you. Yeah. Uh, she swam 51.38, she rode a 4.55, and then she ran a 3.16 to finish in 9.11.25. And Heather Jackson, you'd think this was plain sailing for Lisa Norden, because Heather Jackson ended up seven minutes behind her. However, that is not what uh, the full story What is the tells. full story, John? Heather Jackson was closing in on her, got within about 50 seconds, and, well, no, the gap was staying about the same. It was about a minute for ages, and then Heather Jackson got some sort of, uh, I don't know if it was ITB issues, she was stretching on the side of the road. Oh, okay. At the same time, Lisa Norden was doing a bit of walking, like a 3.16. It's not an easy course at Lake Placid, but, um, yeah, it was getting very, very close and looking like it could be a bit of a grandstand finish. But good on her. Lisa Norden takes out her first iron distance race and goes off to Kona, and she's an amazing athlete, Olympic medalist, does awesome at the half Ironman. Wouldn't say that performance there goes says says to me, "Wow, yeah. she's a Kona contender. This is serious stuff." Um, what was she like? What was her strength as a short course athlete? Uh, she was good all rounder. Okay. She's yeah, she's good at all three. But um, maybe maybe she wasn't going full guns blazing. Who knows? Well, um, Sweden had a good day because Rasmus uh, Sivinson uh, he took out the men's. He did. Uh, he did 49 minutes, 30, 28 on the swim, 4.26 on the bike, and 2.51 on the run for an 8.13. Uh, convincing victory over Arnold Guillot, who was suffering on the run. He was in the last few Ks, it was getting pretty close. Joe Skipper was only, ended up 48 seconds behind him, and Joe was coming on reasonably strong, and this Arnold Guillot was cramping, he was walking, he was having to stretch. He was in a world of hurt, so he mm. did really well to hang on. Joe Skipper backing up from Ironman UK a couple of weeks ago. Um, he had a good good run. Said he did really good numbers on the bike. He wasn't happy about the the, the motor vehicles that were around the leaders. Um, and his swim is always a bit of a struggle. Uh, so those that was your top three for the boys. When's the race at um, Lionel Sanders? Is that this week? Has to qualify. No, there's no iron distance racing this weekend, uh, so it might be the weekend after or the weekend after that. And then Collins Cups? <clears throat> Collins Cup, I think, is the last weekend of... August twenty eighth. Okay. Uh, big news is that uh, they have now announced all the official captains of the teams for the Collins Cup for Europe. You've got Norman Sadler and Tasha Batman. They've re- uh, who they just announced Batman, didn't they? And that, and that was sort of the reason for this is because the international. Though the Europe captain was originally going to be Chrissy Wellington, but because in the UK you can't really travel out and then get back in. Oh, uh, and okay. likewise, Erin Baker was going to be involved from New Zealand, Craig Alexander, and likewise we can't travel. Just we, we just find it a bit weird that the rest of the world's going back to normal and it's, in New Zealand it's it's slightly different um, so yeah that's largely through, through so, so the captains are Sadler and Batman you've got Bentley and Whitfield for Team International and for the States you've got Karen Smyers and Mark Allen who would you want as your captain? Um, somebody who's still really invested and involved in the sport and knows yeah, the athletes very very well because whilst fully respect what a lot of these athletes have done in the past if they don't really know their athletes super well. Like Erin was, you know, you'd love to say possibly the GOAT or whatever yeah. on the female side. She yeah. was amazing, but she's not super invested in the sport anymore and she probably doesn't know all the athletes. I've got a better way of putting it. Yeah. Who's the most accomplished triathlete of all time? Of this era? Of all time? No, I'm not answering Frodo. that. Frodo. Sorry? It's Frodo. He's the best athlete He's the most of the 2000s. Olympic gold? Three Konas? Mm. 70.3? 
Dumb Collins argue. Cup, he's got the fastest time. Dumb argument. Uh, Cut-off time for the rankings is August the 9th for, the, for who gets automatically selected for the PTO race. <sighs> Coming up this weekend? Bugger all, Bevan. Bugger all. What was the short course of the team's triathlon? Team's triathlon's coming up this weekend from an iron distance point uh, point of view. There's no Ironman races, at least there's no pro ones uh, out there. And then there's the Eagle Man in Italy and then the Austin Man in Germany. Uh, Andy Potts is going to be a guiding an athlete. That was interesting. Uh, he it's was the kind of person you want to be guiding you. Yeah, he was on the Lake Placid coverage. I think he's won it twice before, maybe back to back. And he was just talking through you. He's going to be guiding an athlete at the Tokyo Olympics, fully blind athlete. And he did a really good job. He's, he's, a, he's a great interview and he's just so enthusiastic. But he's guiding a blind athlete and his blind athlete is 100% blind, so you can't see a thing. Uh-huh. And I didn't realise, I didn't, don't really follow the para sport very closely that in the blind athletes race in triathlon and this may apply to other sports is it's a bit of a handicap start and I don't know how the hell you would figure out the handicap um, but if you're 100% blind you get a bit of a head start over those that are partially blind however if you are 100% blind you also have to wear blackout goggles blackout glasses in case somebody's trying to fudge it oh really and I think he said they've got a three minute 21 hit start or something like that uh, and those athletes that so are how do they gauge that? I've got no idea yeah. um, the athletes that are not fully blind then they don't have to wear blackout glasses so then they can still see a little bit um, I don't really know what the parameters are so that was interesting but as you said to have you know on the bike uh, they'll be riding a tandem to have somebody like Andy Potts on there uh, of course he's going to be able to lead you out in the swim he'll be able to beasted on the bike and he's yeah. a pretty handy runner so that's the funny thing with that sport because you you know you, there is an advantage to your support person isn't there mm-hmm. I know Michaela Jones did it at the last Olympics um, she raced and I remember I think Laura Sedell was going to be she doing was it, trying or, or yeah. Nikki Bartlett as well was, was maybe trying for, for um, when, when I saw GBR. Laura in Christchurch oh earlier this year maybe late last year I was having a yarn to her about it she was kind of trying to go through that process it was all um, before COVID though wasn't so it was when does, when does is it straight after isn't it it's normally straight after yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting to watch those those races as well okay so our last week's discussion was what are your picks who's picking who and uh, did anyone actually get it um, well, Lucy Francis said Johnny Brownlee for gold this time no such luck there no. um, let's have a look here David, David no no Duffy, Spirit King, but no, no, that was for Daniel McTanch. No, was picking Bloomingfield. Who uh, a Chin picked Bloomingfield and Duffy, so got the winners. Yeah. Uh, but then didn't get Neil any Hastings winners. said Yee, Mola, and Geens. Uh, and he said George Taylor Brown, Duffy, and Learmonth. David Norton said it won't happen. Well, it did. It happened, all right. Richard Swan said, Hayden Wild, don't care, don't care. I, I kind of, I think I may even have done a, a very rare like on Facebook when I saw that one. Uh, Brian Lafleur, Mistlechuck, Yee and Wild, and then said uh, Duffy, George Taylor-Brown, Rachel Clammer. That's very close because Rachel Clammer got, I think, fifth. Got uh, Lund- Kim Anderson-Hadley got uh, Duffy right, but put Louis for the men. So this is cool for our sport. Nobody got it right. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. It was changing the guard, but wasn't it? It was great. You know, it's the next gen's come. Mm. You know, the next year's come and uh, it's pretty cool. It you know, it's going to be, and, and again, it's only three years in the next Olympics. Mm. You know, it's going to be fascinating watching the next ones. Do yes. they, don't, don't announce the course for the next one yet. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. Paris is pretty flat. Um, and I, I, Will it be in Paris? Well, I've done a race 
We were in there Paris. Paris. You swim in the Seine, um, which is the river that goes around okay. Paris. Uh, and back then we did a race. We didn't go up to the Eiffel Tower, but they have had races that have gone up around the Eiffel Tower and stuff. So you would suspect that might might be what they'd do because if they want to have any hills, you've got to go a little bit out of town. Is so. It, is it, so it's a point-to-point swim? Or they swim there and back? Uh, no, you'd swim in a just swim in the river. There's not much of a current. Okay. Yeah. From memory, that was that was because that'd be a beautiful place to have a race. Mm, the, oh, you, I mean, you know, just kind of cool. This one would be pretty manky, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, doing a doing a race where you're going like biking around Arc de Triomphe yeah, and yeah. the Eiffel Tower, and then running up and down the Champs Elysees or something would be pretty funky. Are you going to go to Brisbane? Uh, I've already booked a room. Matt Young, I popped him a, a note the other day. The Albatross said, "Keep that spare bedroom spare." Yeah, mate, we'll, we'll, we'll double team it. <laughs> Eleven years time. Going to Brisbane, man, far out. Yeah, how often like to get that opportunity? Mm. Okay, uh, this week's is just what was your Olympic triathlon highlight? So, what are the highlights from the races, both females and males, that you enjoyed the most? John, we're going to interview coming up. We have listening into Sam Lightfoot. Now, interesting thing about this, he's got a manager who maybe emailed us months and months ago before any racing this season. So We've got this young fella who's up yeah, and coming, yeah. and I said, "Oh, we'll, see how he goes. We'll see how he goes. He's just wait on." And now he's gone out there and crushed it. So rightly so, he's on the show. His name's Sam Laidlaw, and he's been killing it so far this season. Here he is right now. What? Sweet. Can you hear me, right? This is this is coming like straight from the straight from the computer. It's no, I haven't got any headphones. Is it right? Yeah, no, this, this is all good. No, really good. Yeah. So let me just get my questions in front of me. So it shouldn't be anything too, too tricky. Just sort of go through how you end up in France and long distance. We're mainly a long distance podcast. So um, focus cool. more on that, but um, yeah, we'll just crack into it. That's recording. So it's all good. Okay. Righty-ho team, uh, we have got a young man on today's show who's already shown some impressive uh, form over the long-distance triathlon. So far this season, he went over to Spain and did the trade-in international triathlon, and he took out the win over there. He was leading Ironman UK for a long period before Joe Skipper managed to nab him on the, the run. He also won a we've got second-and-a-half Ironman in France. He's only 22 years old. His name's Sam Laidlow. So welcome along to the show, Sam. Thanks very much for having me on. Now you're a, you're a Brit. Um, well, you you were born and started being brought up in in Great Britain, and now you're living in France. How did you how did you end up over there? Yes, yeah, so I, was, I was born in the UK. Not that I have that much memory of it. To be honest, my parents moved over when I was when I was three, three to set up a um a triathlon training camp business. Um, and yeah, they kind of wanted to set up the. I mean, yeah, set up their own business one, but also create an environment to bring up their kids and um and yeah i mean i'm not complaining it was the perfect uh, perfect scenario for me so from from your point of view if you're watching the the triathlon and you've got vincent louis against jonathan brownlee or you're watching rugby or football and france are playing um yeah one of the british teams who are you who are you supporting um i mean in triathlon it's different i know quite a lot of the i know quite a lot of the french guys probably more so than i do the the Brits, but if in football or rugby or anything, I'm I'm generally always for the for the British. Um, I kind of I like the British people and I like living in France. If you get if you get what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah, a mix of if we could have the British people in France, that'd be great. <laughs> um, and obviously you've got a bit of a unique setup there. So. So being being from a you know you, you obviously your parents are right into this try sort of side of things and and you're living in an environment which is probably 100 percent triathlon was that sort of destiny that you were going to be a, a triathlete and and have you been doing it since you were you know a little nipper? 
Yeah, so I did I did my first triathlon when I was four years old, um, which not many people can say that, I guess. Um, and I did. My parents never at all forced me to to go into triathlon. It was very it was a very natural process, um, and in my mind, it was it was never really question it was just normal to watch Cohen on tv and watch the triathlon that and um i gave all sports a go um and then it kind of slowly narrowed it down and kept kept triathlon but yeah from a very early age i i had my i had my goals set and um yeah for me Cohen has always been been the dream and i'm i've yeah i've been lucky enough to have like such a supportive family that, um or even though i i did actually leave home and then for like six years and then and then come back and a lot a lot happened in between then like going into the French Federation and stuff more racing short course and the French Grand Prix but um but yeah coming back home and creating creating my team um at home with the people who who believe in me the most which were at first my parents if you know what I mean still are so um that's certainly uh, certainly been been great um and I, I was going to go on to sort of short course side of things. It looks like you've got a pretty decent swim on you there. So is that purely sort of from try training or, or were you swimming as a kid as well, you know, at a competitive level? No, not at all. No, I, I've never done a, I've never done a swim meet. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't a strong swimmer at all. I think um, there is a part, partly, it's a partly genetic factor because my, both my dad and his dad both come from swimming background. Uh, my dad like missed out on the Commonwealth Games from like by nothing, and yeah. had a few world record, a few world records with like the um, channel crossing, swimming, stuff like that. So he spent a fair amount of time in the pool. Um, and in my eyes, he's he's probably the best swim coach in the world, or certainly for me, he is. Um, yeah. And yeah, but when I was when I was young, I didn't used to swim a lot. And um, I actually my first national championships, I came out 135th out of like 140 odd or something. Yeah, um, and um, and yeah. So then this year to come out in front of Fredino in Gran Canaria was was good progress. Yes, I'm I'm happy with that. Now the, the French uh, are really strong at triathlon, and they've got real depth. And I've spent some time racing in France, and and yeah, it, it seems like they've got a pretty good development program i may may be wrong there but comparing to other parts of the world it's it's pretty good so you sort of talked about you know going away from home for six years or something and and were you pretty much fully immersed in, in some sort of short course program maybe tell us about you know your sort of you know your teens and and sort of into your around 20 we we sort of switched over to long course and and what life was looking like yeah so um basically at 13 i decided to leave home and go to like a, a triathlon kind of school um up in Foramo, which is where lots of altitude yeah. uh, lots of trip athletes come and train and it's where i'm at right now um yeah i'm on altitude camp at the minute but um so i spent three years there and then after i got selected to go to montpellier which is kind of the next step again where i was training with with cassandra and uh, leone who are racing tonight and um and lots of the french team um and it was it was very yeah and then also sorry i integrated poissy uh which is the team a french grand prix team Yep. So in France, they have um, like a same as you do in football, whatever you have like um, Premier League or whatever. So in, in France, you have that for triathlon. So there's like Premier League, Second League, Third League. And um, and it's a, they're some of the most dense races probably um, around um, like between the first and 30th. There's often like a minute in it, if you know what I mean. So it's mm. they're, they're crazy races. And I was really privileged to be on, on them start lines very, very young. In fact, I was the youngest i think on the circuit i was like 14 
lining up next to Gomez and people like that. So it was, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, it was great to get my ass handed and um, to to learn what it is to, to to especially run because I knew I had I knew it I knew I had it in me to kind of swim with the best guys and bike with the best guys. But for me, I just wasn't in the race when I got to the run. Like if I I on a good day would run whatever 15, 20 or whatever. But if you're not running fourteen, thirty in them races, you're not you're not even in the race. So um, I kind of lost the pleasure. And I remember particularly being on one of the, them start lines. And just thinking to myself, like, what the hell am I doing here? And um, mm-hmm. and then from that moment, I was like, right, I need to make a decision. And I'm go- I was going. So I left that. I left that the the French pole in Montpellier. Um, and at that point, I was a, it was a really tough period. I didn't know where I was going in my life, to be honest. Um, and it's the same for many many people. It's kind of the make or break years when you're between eighteen and twenty two. I guess um, you have to make a, a real a real decision about what you're going to do in your life. And if you are going to commit to, to elite sport, um, takes a lot. And so I spent three months in, in Girona, just seeing if I enjoyed it there and ran out of money. So came back home and was looking, was looking where, where I could go next. And then, uh, then I just realized basically that I had rather than looking for the perfect environment, uh, for me to become great. I think what, what really clicked was, that you just have to create your own environment and that takes time, you know? So that's what I'm slowly learning to do and I'm really enjoying the process. Yeah. So you went over and did like, like 10, which is, is, I'm not sure if they've got a pro field there or not, but you did an 821 and I'm, I'm picking that was in 2019. So you must've only been 20. Did you, yeah. did you just do that on a whim or did you, were you going, right, this is. Yeah. Yeah. Price. So I've, I did my first, actually I did my first Ironman when I was 18, which is like, I did, um, just an Ironman that my parents organized, which is really, um, Hilly the Bear Man, it's called. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, there wasn't a pro field there or anything, but I just, ever, ever since I've been a kid, I knew I could always just carry on. Like I didn't have, I didn't have them bonks that most people have, or I just knew that I wasn't the fastest, but I could always carry on. And I hadn't cycled more than 50k for this Ironman or something in the last two or three months in one go. I mean, and, yeah. and, um, came off the bike with, like a 30 minute lead or something and I was just like as long as I keep running basically and I've got it in the bag and yes I won that race and then from there on I committed a bit more to it um the Lakesman yeah the Lakesman that was my dad was actually registered to do the race and then he he ruptured his tendon in the knee whatever so I um I said I would go and do it like a week before or something um and it was that same it was really eye-opening because I think I ran like a two well it was on paper it's 242 but there was a there was a quite a few there was like a kilometer and a half missing so it was probably close to 248 or something yeah and um and it was from from that moment that i really realized that it's not that i can't run it's just that i'm not made to run fast if you know what i mean i think i can like since i've moved to long distance i'm actually my my level across the three disciplines is much more um like stable i'm 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 not, I'm not the best swimmer. I'm not the best cyclist. I'm not, not the best runner, but I'm there or thereabouts in all three disciplines. And, um, in, whereas in short course, I was, I was seen as like a monster on the bike, but to be honest, like I was suffering as well on the bike. It was a very punchy effort and it's not, it's not the same. And now in Ironman, you get to Ironman and this guys who have got like 10 years more of cycling than me in their legs. And you can, you can see it and I can feel it when they come past me, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I guess, you know, at that young age, you're doing this long course stuff and, you know, you, obviously your parents have 
been around the sport for a long time and got plenty of experience were were either you or your your parents sort of concerned about going long at at a young age and and it seems like you kind of committed to it yeah i think i think it's something that will that will come with time and it's something that i was actually thinking about today looking watching the olympics and stuff it was i was thinking to myself god there's two guys in in the on the men's podium at least were my age or younger and then and then you see the cycling Tom Pidcock he's 21 think of the Tour de France he's also 22 21 um, mm. and it's just I think it was just kind of a, a matter of time before it hit triathlon um, I don't yeah I think it's a bit of an old school way of thinking to think that like you're, you're fast when you're young and you, you build endurance when you're older yeah. um, I think you can be endurant when you're when you're when you're younger um, and especially now um, you're seeing athletes really develop for that distance if you know what I mean and I've okay I had a bit of a, a detour to go into the short course world but um, but now I have I have a younger brother for instance who's 10 years younger and to be honest I don't really see the point of him going in, into that kind of racing um, if anything all it did for me was affect my confidence um, uh, so yeah and I, I don't see why in the future um, like an, a guy who's 23 or 22 could, couldn't win Kona. So you've had a, a pretty busy season so far, you know, for, for the European season. It's sort of past midway, but you've done, what, a, an iron distance race or two iron distance races with a win and a second and at least one half that I know of um, that's yeah. listed on the, the PTO. So maybe just sort of run us through your season and, and your sort of highs and lows so far. Yeah, so but before before this this year I was I've always been somebody who really would commit to one race and wanted to peak from that one race and I was I was generally quite good at doing that but I was very for the rest of the year I was pretty shit and um, Mm -hmm. so this year especially with what happened last year of COVID I'd prepared for for Emberman which is like a big yeah uh, a big Ironman in France with decent prize money and um, then it got cancelled like a week out and I felt like I was in the shape of my life at that point and there on it was just like a down a downward spiral so this year the goal was really to to kind of accept which i found really difficult at first but to to accept to go to races even if you know you're not going to win or you don't yeah i previously i'd always want to go to a race um knowing that i could win um but at this point in my career it's not it's not viable financially if you know what i mean sometimes you just have to go to a race uh in the middle of a training block or even if you're not fully fit uh, and just gain experience because that's that's what I was missing is the experience. Um, so yeah, as soon as I as soon as I heard about, I think the first one was Gran Canaria. Um, I I registered there and then like two weeks out, I heard that Fredino and Lang were doing it and stuff. So yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Um, unfortunately, it ended with a with a crash. I was leading on the bike, um, but uh, yeah, there was just a, a dodgy wet corner and three of us in the top five came down and then. Then mm. we went up the hill, up the hill, and told everybody to slow down because I think many more would have come down if not. Mm. Um, but that kind of it was just fuel to fuel to the fire. I knew I was fit um, because it's not every day you get to get to ride past Rodino, so I knew I was in good shape. Um, and from there onwards, yeah, I went on to five weeks later. There was the the Ironman that was supported by the PTO in in Girona, um, and that went that went really well. It was a very very hot day. Um, I think, yeah, Cameron Worth came past me really, really early on. 
Um, but I think he kind of cooked himself uh, going catching me that early. Um, and I was really happy that he, like even in general, just bike, he put four or five minutes in total on me over five hours, which which is pretty good for me on um, to a guy like like him. Yeah. And so yeah, I came away with the win there. And one week later, um, this yeah probably wasn't the wisest choice, but I had to do the French national half distance champs um, um, in Canyon sur Mer in France, which I was I was contracted to in my club. Um, but in a way, it was good because I went there without pressure. And yeah, I came I came second a minute a minute what minute off um, off the lead. Um, same again. I was I was I was really happy with that. Um, and then afterwards, the goal was really to get to Kona. So it was just kind of what we've covered in that. It was just kind of registering. If it felt like you had to register for every race, and <laughs> yeah. it was a bit, yeah, it was just a bit hit and miss. So I registered the Bolton. Same. I think there was four or five weeks between that race. So it wasn't ideal to rest between, especially that double weekend. I did. Um, and yeah, I felt I was actually feeling really good coming into Bolton, really confident. And unfortunately, I think. I made the mistake of going swimming in the in the Bolton dodgy water about two days before, and um, I just wasn't I just wasn't feeling perfect leaning into it. I knew I wasn't right, and uh, as soon as I got on the bike, I was just I was cramping after like ten minutes, but cramping everywhere from my from my forearms to to my stomach to everywhere. So <clears throat> I spent the whole bike like really wanting to quit, but I had like a ten minute lead over Joe Skipper, so thought I'd carry on and then all was going well until like 33 kilometers where suddenly I just started seeing a bit fuzzy and and yeah my legs just and I think I did a kilometer in about nine minutes 30 which is which isn't great <laughs> <laughs> and somehow yeah somehow I made it to the finish and, and got the Kona slot but um I know I've got a lot better day in me and uh and yeah hopefully I can show that in the in the next in the next races so you, uh, just speaking of that race in, in Bolton, Joe Skipper did come through. He had a great run, ran a two two forty one. But you're only seven seconds in front of third. Was that guy? Did he was a Frenchie as well? Did you did you know he was coming? And and did you sort of have it in the bag, or, or were you stressing? Uh, I mean, you can't. You know, I, I don't. I don't know what was going on at that point. I mean, the last the last five kilometers are a real blur. Um, they often are in an Ironman, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but um, no, I, I I did kind of knew he was coming, but I also knew there was two there was two slots. So even if he did come past me, um, then I, I would have still had the slot. But yeah, it's just in them moments you really think. Yeah, you know, I don't know. You really you really go and look at what them deep motivations are to get you across the finish line. And although I'm not the best athlete, I'm I'm almost I'm almost convinced that I can suffer more than anybody else. And hopefully, in the long run, that will that will pay. So yeah, so, uh, obviously you've qualified for Kona, so that's on on the radar for for October. But what does the rest of the season look like for you? Um, I, I feel like I would like to do a few more races, um, but at the moment I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep keep working up here in, in Faramo until the ITU Worlds, uh, which are in Almere this year. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, if the conditions are all right, um, I should be able to go under eight, which and would also I'd be the youngest person to go under eight hours, which would be cool. Um, and yeah, so that's like that's with the federation. So the federation selected me and Anthony Costas to go there. And then from there, I'll probably just go straight to 
straight to Kona and spend spend the month there. Um, and then yeah, Kona and, and that's it. That'll wrap up uh, for me a, a big a big stepping stone in in the season. I think at the start of the year I was 246 or something, and now I'm 26. So it's been it's been a good year so far. And I'm, I assume, you know, your, your parents, you said you've watched Kona every year and you're sort of sitting there and you will have heard all sorts of stories about it. You know, what, what are your expectations and, and fears and hopes for when you go to Kona later this year? Uh, it's a difficult one because on the one hand, I think you want to, you, I want to validate like, I don't know, a top 15 or a top 10 or something. But on the other hand, I know, I know what I'm like and in my eyes, I'm just going to, I'm just going to stay with Jan as long as possible. And at the moment, I feel like I can stay with him for at least 75% of the race. So um, if I, yeah, to be honest, I'd rather, I'd rather do that and see what it is racing, see what it's like, or see what's needed to do to win the race and then blow up and finish 40th. Um, then come, then come 10th, to be honest. Um, and yeah, that's, that's just the way I am. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll be looking forward to seeing that. Awesome. Um, what is it? So you, you, uh, we're talking quite late for you in, in the evening. Um, you said you're getting up at five for, for swim training tomorrow. What What is a sort of a typical week look like for you? So some of our age group listeners can kind of get an appreciation of what you're doing. Um, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't train massive hours like, like some people do. Um, really focused on, on a lot of quality work, quite quality, not necessarily meaning, High intensity. Uh, I do very, very little high intensity. Um, but I would say, on over the course of the whole year, I probably average about twenty hours a week training. Um, but it's not twenty hours of like sitting on the bike and pedaling at one hundred and fifty watts. If you know what I mean, I generally make make every every kilometer count. But um, since I've been here on camp, I probably swim. I swim three times a week. Generally, three times six k the three decent swims um i i bike probably probably get two two turbos in uh three three or four rides outside and then and then a few strength sessions which i'm starting to integrate now and running i probably yeah it varies if i'm anywhere from 50 to, to 80k a week i would say of, of running mm. Um, you say you're up in Fulham on a camp. Is that is that with a particular team, or or are you just there, you know, sort of in a in a training phase by yourself? Yeah, I'm here by myself, living like a monk. <laughs> are, you, <laughs> no, it's true. are you in the no, uh, in the towers there at Fulham? Uh, for, for people that don't know, Fulham is sort of a it's got a high altitude training centre there, and there's a pool, and then there's this tower with um, yeah. with, a, with little miniature rooms in it. It's like sports prison, eh? Yeah, is that where you are? <laughs> Um, no, no, I'm, I'm in an apartment um, in in the actual town itself, but yeah. um, but I was actually hesitating about going to that, going to the Kreps, which is yeah, the the tower. But I spent I spent three years there at school, so um, so yeah, it's, it's it's weird because everything's everything's interlinked, and so like if it's especially in the winter when there's two meters of snow, sometimes like we could spend like seventy two hours without even like putting your foot outside because you go from school to bed to swimming to to like treadmill or whatever and um and you have to kind of you have to kind of remind yourself to actually go outside you know I mean? um but in the summer it's, it's it's much nicer and it's although it's quite high it's also like one of the sunniest places in france so yeah, yeah it's, it's really good and there was lots of lots of people here preparing for the olympics and like well we've just seen it, it worked well for christian so hopefully it'll work well for me 
Yeah. A few quick fire questions. Um, what's your favorite course? I know you're still young in your career, but what's your favorite course thus far? Bearman Extreme Triathlon, because it's my roads. Nice. Uh, what time of the day does, does training normally start? Uh, and what time is your sort of last session of the day typically? Probably start at nine. I'm, I'm a pro. I've got nothing else to do. I don't need to start early. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, same. I don't know. It's at six, seven o'clock. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite session? If you had one go-to session that someone said, what, what is it going to be? Um, I'm a fan of doing in the pool. One of the key sessions I, I do when I know I'm in shape is 4100s going on 115. Nice. Beats my 41, 48 100s on 135 the other day. So beats that. Oh, that's pretty good. What was that for your birthday? <laughs> it was, yeah. Nice. Um, that's, that, that's, that's also something I do. Like I, I got all my family involved, but basically every, this year was the first year I couldn't do it. But what if I turned, so when I turned 21, I did, I swam 21K that day. Um, so I'll see, I'll see how long I can keep that going. Gets harder as you get older, I can tell you. Yeah. Um, do we, this will be a good one for you, especially with, with regards to Bolton. You know, do you have any mantras that you use during the tough times when you're in a, in a race or on the, the run to, to sort of keep you going? Not so much mantras. I just, one of the, one of the I'm, I mainly um, think about my brother, to be honest, um, and just I don't want to let him down and I want to be an inspiration to him. So, yeah, that's, that's my main motivation. Awesome. Two other random ones. Uh, how, do you have coffee? And, and if so, how do you have your coffee? God, this is a, this is, that's a good question because this camp has been terrible because the coffee here is shite. Like, <laughs> I, I really need to invest in, I, I forgot my AeroPress, but yeah, coffee is, coffee does play a big role. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and your alcohol of cho- choice, if you drink. Um, oh, sounds really sounds really bland saying beer, but you can't beat a good beer after the hot day at training. Awesome, cool, man. Um, okay, if people want to follow you, you know what's 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 your your sort of handles and stuff if they want to follow you, the website or whatever you do to to keep people up to speed. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty simple. It's Sam Laidlow everywhere to manage Sam Laidlow on Instagram, Sam Laidlow YouTube. Twitter, I think I've got about three followers. So if you want to go follow me, please do. <laughs> um, I think I think it's also Sam Laidlow. Um, and yeah, that's yeah, my website's also Sam Laidlow. So yeah. Any any plugs like um, maybe if your parents um, gig or, or anything else you want to get out there that you're you're up to or want to promote? Yeah, I mean uh, my my parents' business is, is is going pretty well as well. Um, so we. I, I don't need to promote necessarily to promote it, but um, my mum, my mum always kills me now because she gets too busy if I promote it. So, <laughs> no, it's, it's, if you do want to come on a on a good camp in the south of France, it's it's Sanctuaire Sportif, uh, and then yeah, we also organise an 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 extreme triathlon, which is my class is one of the hardest Ironmans in the world, um, and we're doing an even harder one this year, to be honest, uh, which has the the ascent of Everest in an Ironman distance. So that'd be cool. It's called Bearman Extreme. Bearman Extreme. We'll keep a lookout for that. Awesome. Well, thanks. Uh, finally, um, the, the women's triathlon, you're going to bed, but uh, starting in about an hour and a half's time, what's your prediction for the top three on that? Predictions for the top three, I think. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm going to say, I don't, I, I've forgotten the name of the, the, um, the girl who won in Leeds. The young girl. Oh, yeah, my uh, Kingma. Kingma. 
yeah, I think she'll be she'll be one to watch, uh, definitely on the podium. And then I'm going to say two Brits. Oh, yeah. sorry, no, I forgot Flora Duffy. Flora I think Duffy. it would be amazing if Flora Duffy, because I mean, it's just it's just nuts to think that our country have never even got a gold medal, and I, I can't even imagine what it must what it must mean to her to to bring the first gold medal to, to the music. So yeah, I'm going to go for Flora Duffy winning uh, on the Brits second, and and yeah, King Miss at third. Uh, you're putting Cassandra Bogrand in there. Cassandra's the most talented girl out there, you know. But I totally, I'm not, I'm not convinced that. I, I don't want to. I can't, I can't say, but I'm not convinced she's got the, the investment, the support that, like for instance, Norwegians do, uh, or other nations do at the moment. So, for yeah. me, unless she goes, unless she goes into a different structure, I can't see her winning at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, Sam. Thanks so much for your time and um, all the best. We look forward to following you in Kona and uh, sticking with Fredino. That always makes it interesting. Yeah, pleasure, John. Thanks Thank very much. Well, thanks a lot. Great. Let me just stop recording. That's all good. Awesome. Thanks for your time there, Sam. And I'll uh, no problem at all. That'll be, that'll be going out later today. Yeah, all right. Nice. Pretty Perfect. Good. Right, right. Enjoy. Um, what time is it where you are? Uh, it's eight o'clock in the morning, so we, oh, okay, very very civilized. Good good timing for us for uh, for the triathlon. Yeah, no, well, I mean, what, what? John, but your thoughts? I, I missed the interview because I stuffed up my calendar. But um, what was what was your? Well, insight? I'm loving it. If he he says he wants to go to Kona and try to keep up with Fredino for as long as he can. If he blows, he blows. But then he knows what the race looks like up the front. Love that sort of attitude. Um, where. Yeah, he could probably go over there and have a steady Eddie race. And if he if he goes well, maybe get, as he said, sort of somewhere in the tenth to twentieth sort of range. Or you go up there, blow up, and finish fiftieth. But you know what it's like to to be at the front of the race and and what Phil Graves did that, didn't he? Remember? Yeah, he did. The first year he yeah. went there, he went there and yeah, kind of got to the front, and then it was kind of the end of his day. But okay. so some people will ridicule him for 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 doing that, but. You kind of respect that sort of attitude, and I think he's he seems to have a really good attitude. I think what a lot of you guys will find interesting there when he said he went to like triathlon school, and that's quite common in France. You can go off to school, you still do your schooling, but you know, you leave home at 13 or whatever, and you're basically going to boarding school. And sport, sport is a massive part of your, your, your life. I should have asked him a few more questions about that because I am now. After the fact, I'm a bit more intrigued because I, I know that a guy that I lived in France did a similar thing midway through his schooling, and you go away, and yeah, you basically get, it means you're going to have a good triathlon coach. Everything's just so dispersed in France, and so they just hone in these particular areas, and you can go to triathlon school or whatever. So, so it's a regular sporting school, yeah, and you'll be but around a whole bunch on. of other athletes. Um, but is it super successful when you look at the sports that the athletes have? One Olympic medal so far. Uh, it's a bit of, bit of everything, really. So have you, did you read the sports gene? Came out a few no. years ago. Great book. Mm. Um, really highly recommend it. Brilliant book. Um, but he's recently brought out a book called Range, mm. which Porno recommended to me. And um, highly recommend it. And it's just really interesting. And he's just talking about, you know, the 10,000 hour thing came out. Everyone just thought I need to be specialized. And he, and he ultimately said there's kind of like two areas where that works, which is like mm. music and chest. Mm. And then actually, range is, is, which is, you know, having a more diverse set of skills and range and stuff. And it's interesting in New Zealand when we're looking at um, specialization of sports for kids. And as a, as a country and as governing bodies, they're moving away from it. They're moving away oh, from. In a big way. Yeah, in a big way from trying to get kids to be specialists at early ages. And more just getting kids into loving sport and then specialization will come a little bit later. But they actually think 
Now, there's two arguments to this, is that because what's happening is you're losing a lot of kids from movement mm. at that kind of 15-year-old age. And, and if we're saying that health is one of the reasons for sport, if we're losing them because specialisation becomes a problem, that's one of the reasons. But also they obviously feel there must be a better outcome for elite as well. Mm. It's a hard one, isn't it? It is, because I, you look at so many of the great athletes and they have been doing it from a young age you yeah. know and and it's so easy to just go you know pick out one or two examples and then you pick out another two to contradict your argument but you know the brownies have been at it for for a long time but then we go Hayden Wild he's been doing stuff for ages but then he's just cuz he was he was more of a runner wasn't he um yes no and he did a bit of exterior did a bit of bit of everything so he's just got got it you know yeah. and Alex G went off and did a bit of running whilst he was still doing triathlon. And then the Norwegians, they've been just going Harry Hardnuts for a number of years. But the Norwegian model is, is quite different. They don't seem to specialise early in, in like in football and things like that. They don't keep score or anything like that until a certain age. And they seem to be doing fairly well. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? They Because um, even one thing that's happening up north is they're losing rep teams. So, like, you, you know, in all countries you'll have, like, you make the Canterbury team, I made the Canterbury League team when I was a kid. And so if you make the rep team, you know, it's obviously for higher quality, but they're even losing those in some mm. of the rugby. So it's it's interesting, you know, how trends of thinking influence things. You know, when the 10,000 hours came out, everyone was like, you need to do this one thing yeah. over and over and over again. And then, you know, now that's starting to be a bit contradicted. And um, yeah, it's, 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 we're an evolving creature we are. Yeah. Um, John, let's go into Wanger of the Week. week. Well, because it's Olympic week, we have to go for number one. Okay. You know, Peter, I've got the Olympic gold medal in the in the Strava account. Peter Buckingham took it out, 30, 35 hours and 18 minutes, all oh. on the bike, basically. He did, 30, he did a, a token 35 minutes of uh, running. So let's see if Peter is a triathlete or if he is. 30 what? 35 hours 35 of running? 18, no, th- of, of, of cycling. Oh. He's from Sandy in England in the United Kingdom. Can't tell you too much else about him because he's got a private private profile. Let's see if how much running he's done. Sandy, name the movie. Oh, he's Come averaging on. four runs, averaging four runs a week um, over the last four weeks. Has he averaged any swimming? Hasn't done any swimming. He dominated dojo. Next person was twenty-seven hours. Crushed it. Crushed it. And just because we got a bronze medal in the Olympics, we're also going to a three because that's Louis Di Giuseppe. Oh. Got to give Louis a mention. Six hours and two minutes of swimming, 15 hours and 51 minutes of cycling, and five hours and 41 minutes of running. And then I think our Kiwi uh, female, I think she finished 29th in the women's race today, which was a little bit disappointing, but she has had some injury challenges. Uh, so 29th was Sarah Leakey. She did 17 hours and five minutes, one hour and two minutes swimming, 15 hours and 13 minutes of cycling and 49 minutes of running. And Sarah is from Inverness in Scotland, United Kingdom. It's right up towards the top, I think. Nice work, you guys. You guys are the, or who is our winger? Uh, Sarah Leakey. And then we've got... Got three wingers. Gail Harvey Haywards leading leading the charge so far this week yeah. on this week's stuff. Uh, Pete Buckingham was at the top of the table, and Louis Di Giuseppe gets a bronze because that's what Hayden Wild won. Okay, you are our wingers of the week. week. What's your swim set? Did you do an Olympic swim? We did not do an oh, Olympic you swim. You should have done an Olympic swim. We should have. As you, you you won't have heard this, but I, I was fully impressed with young uh, the young fella on today, um, Sam Laidlow, swimming his age. In kilometres, so we do it in hundred metres. So we did forty-five one hundreds, and he does uh, this 23. Tw- twenty-one kilometres of swimming on his birthday. 
bugger this. That's going to that get a little tricky. He seems like a bit of a gun swimmer. Um, God, it's got a... Oh, I suppose it's like four hours. Four, yeah. Four or five hours. Still a long time swimming. However, his dad, as you may have heard, his dad was a English Channel swimmer. So for them, that's just like... <laughs> Breakfast. Uh, gills. Yeah. yeah. So today's swim set, uh, there's only a couple of us at the pool. 300 metre warm up, two times 100 IM, four times 200 descend one to four. So that's getting progressively quicker. And then our main set was doing 500 metres steady and 10 50s. And in the 50s, you do one fast and then one 25 fast, 25 easy. And then you do that whole set again. So 500, 10 50s, 500, 10 50s. And that was it. Mm. That was it. Mm. It's good done. Okay, John, let's go our patrons. Craig the Rock Nicholson. We've got William Treasure Chest Lockwood. That's a good one. And Scott the Shark Man Girl. <laughs> uh, if you want to become a patron, go to www.imtalk.me. It's all pretty obvious. You can also get the show emailed to you down the bottom of the front page. Thank you to all of those who are patrons. It really means a lot. Also, if you want to get some good coaching, go to coachjohnnewson.com. Check out my website. I did an interview with a great PT yesterday. Uh, bevanjamesisles.com. Other content, age group of the week, cool websites, other feedback, imtalkpodcast at gmail.com. And Pat, Pat Walkington, you sent us some content the other day. We're going to put on there today. We run out of time, but it is coming. So yeah. you sent us through some really good content. We really, really appreciate it when people send through age groupers of the week, any websites that you think are awesome, uh, and any other content that you think you'd like to share with the community. Any rants as well. Always like to hear a good rant. Yeah. Well, John looks to get fired up. Yeah. Uh, Jombo. Well, I'm going to ask you Goss first and then I'm going to ask Olympic highlights so far. So what's your Goss? Um, this is, I, I don't know if I should be admitting this or not because go. it's pretty shocking. What'd you do? So uh, <laughs> you don't, who likes a hypocrite? Nobody likes a hypocrite. <laughs> no, nothing worse than a hypocrite. Nothing worse than when you know you've been a raging hypocrite. <laughs> what so, happened? So I will chastise people if they come to events and they ask silly questions. No, oh. ask, no, I don't mind asking Read your like, manual. Read your manual. FAQs. Yeah. How many laps we don't read the manual? Where's the course code? Read the manual. Did you watch the video I posted? Read the manual. Things like that. Yep. So I'm, I'm, it's a pretty common response. Do you get angry? Because my wife looks after that side of our business. And she, would just, she, and she just read two points people. So when they ask stupid questions, you point them to where they can find it. Mm. And sometimes they get upset at her and she gets upset that they get upset. And I'm like, babe, how are they going to mm. learn? <laughs> you exactly. know, you're being, you're being you're tough loving them. Yeah. So I should have got given some tough love on Saturday. I went and did a, a running race and it was the Canterbury Cross Country Champs. Yeah. How far? Um, this is <laughs> interesting. <laughs> and at, at the cross country races in Christchurch, when, when we start the race, it's, it's like the senior men and the vets and the over 50s and the over 60s together. Plus you have the under 20s and sometimes I think when sometimes we have the under 18s and there's so varying distances okay. so you know the you turn up one race and the under 16 under 18s might be doing three laps and the seniors the opens might be doing five laps and then the oldies might be doing four laps yep. almost always and this is here comes my excuse <laughs> almost always bar one time uh the vets like me so I'm in the 40 to 49 age group we yep. just do the same as the senior men Okay, so, you know, hey, they're, they're faster yeah, than us, but yeah. we do the same distance. That's fine. Uh, however, and, and so I went into this race at the weekend, just going, okay, I'm doing 10K. Okay, a really quick look at the manual. Yep, 10K, that's five laps. Senior men, open men. Yep, sweet. Away we go. Running along, having a pretty bad day at the office yeah. as it was, <laughs> uh, just slogging through the mud. I'm not a great cross-country runner. I'm much better with a bit of um, hard tarmac under the foot. Yep. Slogging my way through. 
and just going, oh, okay, righty, I got seven, about six or seven cars. I said, right, a few people I need to pass here. Put the burners on a little bit, got past a few people, thinking, right, one lap to go, here we go. Carry on running. And there was a guy that I'd passed earlier, and I heard him going up to the finishing shit. I thought, oh, that plonker. <laughs> he's, he's, he's only done four laps. What a plonker. <laughs> You're the plonker. <laughs> and I'm carrying on. And there's, there's people in front of me because the seniors are running. And so I carry on and do my lap, finish 10K, thinking, oh, yeah, it wasn't a great run, but that's, that's good training. I'm focusing on something else. And uh, the results come out that night. And uh, yeah, I, was te- I, I finished second place, two of two, but I was 10 minutes behind first place. Oh, that's odd. Oh yeah, I was only supposed to do four laps. Oh, cheapest creepers. Shocker, especially after a few weeks earlier, my daughter had gone the wrong way in a race. We didn't chastise oh, her. Oh, come on, you're letting the news in now. So that was pretty embarrassing. <sighs> and I've just admitted to it, but I probably could have let it slide. Nobody would have known. No, you got to front up. You've got to front up, news. So read the race manual. What uh, Olympic highlights so far? Uh, triathlon, obviously, uh, and the f- women's hockey. We beat Argentina. Yeah, that was amazing, World wasn't it? Two. Did you watch it? Yeah, I did. We were getting dominated in the yeah. first quarter. I thought, we're going to get caned here. We won with 3-0. And, and they just hung in there. So that was really good. And biggest disappointment so far has been uh, our football team. I haven't watched a full game of football for a long time. Oh, did you watch the Norris one? And we played Honduras. Mm. And we really should have won. I went, bed, just I went to bed, I went to bed. I was like, one nil, we're going to win this. But I was like, a big day tomorrow. You know what? Mm. Go to bed. I'm so bad. It's so bad. Just goalkeeper howlers. We should have won. Oh, really? Because we beat, we beat, who did we beat? South Korea, and that was a big win. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah. Um, so that's it. But what about you, Bevan? Watched a little bit of uh, archery. That was pretty cool. Um, I saw a medal there. That did pretty... you watch any of the three on three basketball? No. I didn't even game. know that was on. Porno, Porno recommended it to me, so I watched it, and it's like 10 minutes. Ball goes through the hoop, game goes on. Like it's, so it's just continuous. Didn't even know it was in there. It's a bit hectic. Mm. Um, Surfing's pretty boring to watch. They, they had Licky losing the 400. Yep, watch that, that. That coach was gold. Mm. Did you see it that? It was. Oh, it's 130. It was 128, Bevan. Let's back off. I've got it ready here. <laughs> oh, Bevan's got his, he's talking, but he's ready to watch. We've got at 130 today, we've got, what have we got coming the up? The Sevens, Bevan? New Zealand playing Australia. Yeah, oh, Sevens, that's pretty boring to watch too. Oh, I'm not a Sevens fan at all. Oh, if we win, I, I mean, like if it. we win it, I won't be complaining, but it's uh, not a great spectator game. Oh, that, that, that young guy who won the, was it 100 metres? I actually watched it live. 400 free, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, from Tunisia. Yep, that How was out of awesome. nowhere. How cool was that? Very good. The problem is you do go, mm. <laughs> you know, some performance. No, I don't do that anymore. Oh, well, no, there is a, the odd occasion I do that, yeah. but pretty I, I loved the, the men's soccer race. Yep. Because it was kind of, I was doing some work and I put it on and then Joe and I just kind of had nothing afternoon. We did nothing Saturday night. So we ended up, we ended up watching the whole bloody thing. Mm. I think I only missed the first hour of it. And it's I, just a battle of attrition. It was just it? an amazing race to watch, mm. you know, and, and it just had so many dynamics. And then, you know, the three best cyclists basically got the medals, didn't they? Yep. Yep. I'm just slogging into my, my Olympics here, Bevan. Yes, they did. You know? Carapaz, uh, I'm not a big Carapaz fan, but Why? good on him. Oh, he sits in a bit too much for my liking. Hey, won him the race. Yeah. No, <laughs> mate, you win the race. That's yeah. fair play. You know, your job's to get to the finish line. Yeah. How about the, the, the Tour de France winner? Teddy Pogacar. Is he going to dominate it for the next 10 years? Oh, hell yeah. He's going to be the best ever, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> You've got to win six, don't you? To yep. Win? Right, we've got the 200 metres freestyle coming up. Erica Fairweather, she's our Kiwi in there. Let's but wrap it up, everyone. Oh, okay. It's, like, it's okay, live no. pictures now. Okay, you do that, I'll do the sevens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.